Welcome to the Haas Hopcast. I'm Micah Colley, hanging out with the May Mooncore on the East Coast, our key account manager. May, how are you today? Doing great, Micah. How are you? Good. I'm excited for uh, Georgia to be featured, the state of Georgia, and our friends at Sweetwater. We have uh, Brian and Mark. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's Brian Mascheski. You got it. Chief Marketing Officer. Correct. Two for two. Involved in innovation <laughs> as well, quite a bit. Three for three. Brewmaster Mark uh, is Medlin. Correct. You got it. Whew. Okay, that was a close call. Uh, hard stuff's out of the way. Let's <laughs> let's get into the fun here. Uh, Sweetwater, you guys have been around since 1997. That's right. Correct. Give us the history of the brewery a little bit and and how Sweetwater got started and have been paving the way down down south. Well, good timing. Uh, I'll let Mark. I mean, he's been here a uh, bit longer than I have, but good timing on this podcast. Literally next week, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. So a uh, big milestone wow. here. I think that's what, the cardboard anniversary or the aluminum, something like that, silver maybe. But uh, yeah, either way, 25 years. Um, it all started with Freddie Bench, our founder, born and raised in California, went to school in Colorado, went to Atlanta for the Olympics, you know, as he was doing a little cross-country road trip post-college, trying to find his way and have some fun brought West Coast style brews to the Southeast. And at that time, no offense to any other breweries that might've been around here in, in 1996, 1997, but there were really no good craft beers at all, or, you know, hot forward, higher ABV types of types of beers. And he's like, man, I could do this here. So planted a steak, uh, started dragging kegs around town, different bars, you know, restaurants and everything. And, uh, and caught fire. So obviously at that time of, of, of the craft boom, craft beer revolution, right time, right place, and, and really caught that wind and, and the rest is history. So 25 years later, you know, when I started here eight years ago, we were in eight states and now we're just launched California. Again, great timing on your end as well. California's our 38th state plus DC. So trucks just landed there on Friday and we made our way back uh, across the country to the West Coast where, you know, so to speak, it, it all, it, it's, it, we're back where it all started, you know, with Freddie Bench essentially. So anything to add there? Uh, no, it's just been a, been a wild ride along the way. Uh, yeah, here, here we are talking well, to, about innovation with Haas. Yeah. yeah, congrats on the big anniversary, Mark. How long you been the brewmaster at Sweetwater? Uh, just over thirteen years. So. Okay, so you've seen a few things. What size system are you guys brewing on there? The big, the big production system. Uh, it's 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 a big one. It's a uh, three hundred thirty three barrel. Absolutely. Okay. One of the one of the biggest in our region for sure for a, for a craft brewery. Probably one yes. of the largest in the U.S. Right. Yep, I'd say so. Yeah. Can't mess up a batch very easily, can you? <laughs> or if you do. Right. Yeah, it's a lot, uh, a lot of pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about innovation at Sweetwater. I had, um, there's a 2018 article from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that says six breweries that are changing the beer game in Georgia and beyond. You guys are on that list. Clearly, you've led led yourselves to, to innovate, to have an established flagship brand, but still remain very relevant in today's beer world and continue these hot forward innovations. So what's the innovation process like at Sweetwater and how have you Kind of continue to evolve to the market and also things you want to you want to put out there as a brewery 
our mantra here is, and it, it's, it is like that for, you know, many breweries in, in the country, if not all, hopefully, and, you know, consumer packaged goods in general, if you're not innovating, you're dying these days. So you're, you're always trying to keep the ball moving forward and, and think outside the box. And, you know, to be honest with you, if you're not doing that, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going anywhere. So um, we always challenge ourselves. It's, there's a bit of a leaky bucket factor where, Hey, something today is, is working, but that bucket starts to leak. So you got to fill it back from the top. So uh, a lot of pressure, but, you know, pressure be, breeds creativity, if you will. So we love that, that aspect. It's like, none of us want to be sitting here, whether it's from a brewing standpoint, marketing standpoint, to be resting on our laurels. That's, you know, what I get, get up in the morning every day to be like, what is it? What can we do? What's out there? What's not out there? And you know, how do we, we be created with a new beer, new proposition, new branding, and then new marketing behind that. And, you know, I don't want to speak for Mark, but I'm sure it's the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we we recognize that, you know, innovation is necessary and, you know, keep our, keep our brand fresh and, you know, keep it interesting. You know, in addition to keeping the the mainstays like, like 420, um, or now our hazy, hazy IBA, you know, come with new things, you know, keeps it interesting for our fan base. Nice. Yeah, the 420 uh, is a great beer. Yeah, so I was going to just jump in and say, can you talk about that beer? Because uh, I remember traveling like 15 years ago and commuting through Atlanta a whole lot. And so I got quite familiar with that beer. So I'd love to hear the story on that. And has that beer changed over time a little bit? Is it the same beer that you guys drew up 20 years ago, 25 years ago? Um, I don't know how old the beer is, hence I said 20 or 25. So yeah, what's the story there? Uh, it's, I don't believe we were making it right, right at the start, but it, I guess the story is it was uh, first brewed on April 20th. Not, I don't know what the, what the year was, but probably 2001, somewhere around there. I think we... 97, no? Was it 97? I believe so. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think we, oh, we won an award for it and like 2002, I think, at the GABF. But, um, yeah, I mean, over the years, it's it's you know evolved. I think with with the ingredients, but you know, mainly we want to keep it consistently just a really drinkable, you know, fresh hop without overdoing it. You know, kind of a beer for for the masses, if you will, like a just a a really nice pale ale that's you know easily consumed by by most people. Yeah, we we like to say it's a uh... It, it, it's a crowd pleaser. So if you want something, you know, that's a bit of a step up from your domestic mainstream or just general mainstream, no matter what, if you're domestic or your craft, um, you know, something that's got obviously a little bit better of a flavor profile, a little, little something more to it than your, your, your mainstreams. Um, but it's not over the top. So you're not going to, you know, it's not too hot forward. It's not too high ABV. It's, it's sort of, right in the sweet spot, basically. So we like to say here, if you know, you know, like this is the beer that if you're having a, a party where, you know, if you're, you got 21 year olds, you got 54 year olds and you have folks that like the seltzers or like the, you know, the, the Bud Lights and the Miller Lights, or they like, you know, the higher, the more complex beers, you got a keg there, you can't go wrong. So it's nice and refreshing, nice and tasty. A little, little bit more flavor, but it's not gonna not not gonna come over to th over the top and offend anybody. Essentially, nice. And are there any other beers in your in your portfolio? So you've got that crowd pleaser. 
do you have any other beers that are kind of pushing the boundaries or, you know, like the non-crowd pleaser, maybe slightly polarizing or different kinds of uh, like higher ABV or flavor wise different that you want to talk about? Um, sure. We've got a, um, one of our newer innovations, uh, 420 Imperial IPA. So it shares the namesake, um, but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, 9.1% ABV. Yeah, um, pushing pushing ABBUs. Mike and Amay, you're gonna come here and shock on this. It's it's only nine <laughs> nine point one ABV, sixty IBU. So I'm sure. Oh, as professionals, you'll you'll be able to handle it. Oh yeah, crushable. Scare some people away, but it's actually pretty pretty drinkable for for nine point one. You yeah, I mean, you wouldn't guess it. It's the first time we used this shield and and actually line extended off of it. So to Mark's credit and his team found a way to take the original ingredients and flavor profile and just basically amplify it. So dial it up quite a bit. So it's, it's, it's not just 420 for the sake of being 420. It's let's, if we're going to put that shield on it, let's keep that intact, but then jack it up a little bit. So that, that was the, uh, that was the, the uh, strategy there. Um, as far as other beers in the, in the portfolio, that's the name of our game, basically. Yeah, so we do have something for everybody. So high ABV, lower ABV, you know, who cares about calories to low calories, um, more hot forward, more higher IBUs, less, you know, you name it. So our big thing here is, look, we're, we're going to push the envelope. Our mantra is don't float the mainstream. So we, we don't want to do every, you know, what, what everybody else is doing and do our own thing and, and be really creative and innovative, which is the point of this conversation here. Um, but at the end of the day, make sure we've got something for every consumer, every occasion. So, you know, wh whoever wakes up in the morning, whether they're going to tailgate or they're going to get on a boat or they're going to hang at home or they're going to go to a bar, whatever you're in the mood for, whatever your palate wants, Whatever the situation is, whatever the weather is, Sweetwater is going to have something for you. And that keeps us busy thinking about innovation. It keeps Mark busy thinking about how do I brew in order to meet those demands. So, yeah, you talked fun. about, yeah, balance, drinkability, flavor. I mean, what size pilot system are you guys developing some of these new, new flavorful beers on? And, and how does that kind of process come together with working with Incognito or some of the things that you've you play with these new these new products that are bringing a lot of flavor to the party, but trying to have some efficiencies as well. Yeah, so our our pilot system size is on the other end of the spectrum. It's a five barrel batch size, so we can, you know, easily, you know, serve that beer up in our tap room and you know have, you know, plenty of iterations, uh, which is you know by design. So we would, um, you know, some some brews are just you know what what a brewer wants to make or, you know, something that we feel like is a hole in our, in our tap room, but, um, on one, on brews that we're targeting, like the, the 710 pale, um, you know, it's something we thought, um, both from a marketing standpoint and brewing standpoint would be interesting to, to look at. Um, you know, we, I think when we first looked at it, we didn't know that it was going to go into the year round year that it became, but, um, you know, it, we first use the incognito product in a um, in a one-time brew. You know, prior to prior to going with the pale ale. So, um, you know, and then those situations, the innovation starts. You know, between Brian and I, typically, and then you know, we uh, you know 
can kind of come up with a recipe from there and let the brewers take a crack at it and see, see what comes out of it. Nice. Before we jump into the hazy seven ten, let's talk about, so since you guys have been around for 25 years, uh, what was entering the hazy game like? Cause uh, I, it, it, I've had very interesting conversations with breweries that have been around as long as you guys, and everybody has a slightly different approach to that. Uh, you know, it was, it was a natural fit. I mean, we're a bunch of hop heads, you know, so if there's a hoppy beer that we're not making, we're probably going to, probably going to jump in there. You know, it's a, it's a viable new style that like is, you know, substantially different than your standard IPA just because of the, the mouthfeel and, you know, oftentimes the subtle, subtle bitterness and smoothness and creaminess. Yeah, you get the you get the big flavor hops in there as well, and the dry hop with this beer, and then I believe it's Incognito Citra that you're using the variety Citra. Is that correct? Uh, we're using two. We're using Citra and Mosaic. Oh, nice! So a, a good blend together, and and what's the seven ten? The significance of Hazy Seven Ten? I'll take that one. So <laughs> let me flip this back on you. What does four twenty mean, Micah? What does it mean? Yeah. April 20th, a day to celebrate and drink the highway. Yeah, you nailed it. So I guess this is July 10th then. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, again, I'm just trying to be a little incognito here, but um, <laughs> if you flip, if you, I don't know if you have a can in front of you. I do. Um, anybody who's not viewing, I, I apologize. But if you flip, the can over and you flip the number 710 over, it spells oil. So there's a little bit of an innuendo there as there is with 420, but look, with what Incognito is, is essentially all about, you know, and I don't want to speak for UMA and, and what this innovation is, but obviously this is a, it's an, it's a hop innovation that is, you know, bit based on, on the fact that it's an oil, right? So a little more, aromatic a little more concentrated and you guys can speak more to that than than i could but um look the 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 710 is our way because we couldn't call the beer incognito which we would have loved to it's our way of giving a nod to the fact that this is an incognito based innovation so um we'll let people figure it out but it's, it's basically you flip 710 over it spells oil and you know we'll let people google what that's what that's all about I like the nuance and how you and Mark uh, really team up on this. And there's more to this beer that goes through the brand, uh, not just the, you know, brewing it and throwing it out there and putting the, putting it to market, but to having this story behind it is pretty cool to hear about your insights. Mark, when you were first brewing with Incognito, what was that like? Uh, as Brian talked about this liquid flowable whirlpool hot product, that's very aromatic, very flavorful. What was that like for you and your brewing team to, to start to play with? Uh, it's something where, you know, we, I guess it's really our first kind of advanced hot product that we've really used in the system. So I guess, um, you know, learning how to use it was the step one, but it's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, you know, just, uh, we, we heat it up a bit and, and for us, we add it all in the whirlpool, which I think is uh, your typical suggestion there. Um, and in our 710, it's a hundred percent of the hops that go in are, are the incognito. So there's no pellets in the whirlpool. And, you know, in addition to the great flavor we got out of it, we get a, we get a great yield. So it's kind of a side benefit. No, well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's something that we talk about uh, when we created these products is maximum flavor, uh, minimum loss. And so 
what kind of uh, yield savings did you see in terms of finished beer or um, like cast wort into fermenter? Uh, it's still early in the uh, in the brewing process. We've we've made it just a, just a handful of times, but uh, you know, I mean, I would say three percent in the brew house. Um, you know, just from not having any losses to true. Yeah, and for you guys, that's like over ten barrels, which is a uh, a lot of beer. Hey, real quick, Micah, you're making me making us real thirsty here. So uh, we've been sitting here just for prop standpoint with a couple of cold seven tens in front of us and empty pike glasses. Oh, so, let's do it. We gotta I mean, do it. We gotta do like podcast, a live tasting. Let's get the sound effects. I'm gonna. Does that sound like an incognito? It sounds delicious. All right, well, we're try to get the pour in here too. Let's do a little live sensory experience here for you. What's the what aroma are you getting off uh, off the initial pour? Get a little uh, mango, passion fruit, yeah, some tropical citrus. If you really dive in there, you can get a little just a little touch of coconut from the uh, from the sabro. It's a little sprinkle. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean it's very aromatic. I mean, Mark is the is a scientist on that, can pick out all the flavor notes like he's you know been asleep for three hours. But yeah, I mean, this this is just really aromatic and just really fresh. I mean, that that to me, what I took to this concept so much, and, and when Mark first started playing with this, which nailed exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, the freshness is like, you know. It, it, it literally feels like it smells like fresh hops, tastes like fresh hops, like right out, out of the tank. So um, it's really impressive. Yeah. Even the appearance of the beer too, it's hazy, but it's not like you see where it's um, you can't, you know, it's not milkshake hazy. It's just got a nice, a nice haze to it. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a bunch of yeast in there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a hot you get that hot. out, you get that out of there. It's good. <laughs> So we have some hecklers in the background, so we're distracted. We, we know this is casual, so. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> a little jealous that we're doing this right now, so. I'm, I'm jealous, too. I needed to get a trip with a May lined up to come down and check out the brewery, and uh, I, I'm excited it's coming to California, and you're distributing all over the place. So if you're anywhere Sweetwater is distributed, you can get this beer and should be able to uh, pick it up and taste it for yourself, and kind of see what you guys have created there. Very, very cool stuff after especially 25 years to continue to push the envelope, to come up with new innovations and things that work for your brewing process, but also meet the meet the demands of those of the market. Are you seeing uh, Hazy in the South continue to, to, to grow, to gain momentum? Yeah, for sure. So when we launched our, our flagship, New Hazy, which is a, a lot, um, it was our first Hazy, so the acronym Hazy, IPA, um, that became the number one new craft brew in, in the country. Um, number one in the Southeast, number two in the country, ultimately number one, you know, according to RRI. So we knew we had something there. We ended up becoming the leaders in the Southeast as far as this type of brew, um, which is also what really drove us to say, hey, look, we've got something here. Let's continue to, to push the envelope. Really you know, continue down that hazy path, but not just do more IPAs. What else could we take this to? So again, part of the reason that we said, all right, we want to do something with incognito. It's got to be different than a regular hazy IPA. We're going to make this a pale. So what can we do to make this pale a little more interesting, but also different than our 420, which is a, which is a pale ale in itself. So very different beers, but you know, same style, but we had to differentiate not only off of 420, but differentiate off of our original hazy IPA. So 
I'll say no more. Okay. <laughs> Our friends up north. We have friends up north at the largest cannabis company in the world. So I'll leave it at that. That's exciting. There's been there's been and, a ton of a ton yeah. of talk around. I don't know what I can say too, but like terpenes and just a whole other conversation about nuances of flavor and how we're going to move forward here over the next year. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes that could or could not come out. Hops and cannabis are first cousins from what I understand. I mean, you know, I've had plenty of hops. I can't say that I've had the other one. Wink, wink. But uh, (laughs) I'm just trying to give you some fun innuendos. I'm going incognito here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, I'm from I'm from Yakima, man. We know all about the hops and yeah. definitely about the uh, the cousin and the Cannabese family for sure. And Washington State has been on the forefront of that um, of that movement from a legalization standpoint. But appreciate the insights. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities that will be explored and will continue to be explored. It's very, very exciting to hear from you guys and and uh, to see what you've come up with that to this point. A couple of questions for you on a personal level. What keeps you going every day from a passion standpoint, you both are passionate individuals about what you do in the brewing industry. Where, where does that come from or what gets you excited about beer or what you do every day? Brian, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been um, marketing for close to 24 years now. So it's what I, I wanted to do since I realized I had to work for a living instead of playing baseball or, you know, brewing. No, no offense. <laughs> um, actually, no, there's no offense there. Um, but yeah, from a marketing standpoint, the only way I'd be able to do marketing is to do something that I was passionate about. Like there's plenty of marketers out there that have all, all the respect in the world for, but you know, no offense to other industries, but I could not market pharmaceuticals. I could not do technology. You know, I could not do paper <laughs> as an example, uh, if you're a fan of the office, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough to to market beer, sports, and two go hand in hand, and that's what I'm passionate about. So, to be able to create something and put something to the world and help promote that, and it's something that you love. And when I go home at night, I don't have to shut it down because I still love that. That's that's the most rewarding thing. So that, that keeps me going. You know, when I'm jogging or on vacation or wherever it is the mind uh, keeps going because that's uh, i'd be doing it i'd be thinking about beer and whether i was whether i was going to, uh, to work for it every day no matter what so very cool yeah for for me oh. it's uh you know just there's uh you know something different every day to work on um i really enjoy particularly working on the process of making beer you know just trying to figure out ways you know how can we do what we're doing better um, on, you know, try to challenge myself all the time to make sure that we're always improving our processes so that we can make the, you know, the highest quality beer that we possibly can. Um, and then beyond that, it's just, um, you know, it's really satisfying to know that, you know, we're, we're still a fairly small company. Um, even though we have a larger parent company, it's, uh, you know, we, the efforts that I put forth and that others put forth here, have a direct impact on that quality and the, the taste of the beer. So that's, it's really uh, just, that's to me, that's what makes it, makes it fun. Keeps yeah. it fun. And that's a great point. So we do have a parent company, but it's, it's important to know we, we still are an independent brewery and we are a wholly owned subsidiary of our parent company. So 
nothing they've done really has knocked us off course. And as a matter of fact, they've just sort of helped us and have supported us. So um, nothing has changed from a Sweetwater standpoint just because we, we now are part of a, a different organization or a larger, larger organization. So we weren't purchased by, you know, big mainstream, you know, domestic or global, you know, other breweries or whatever. So we do our thing, you know, Mark is still the brewmaster. I'm still running marketing. We have the same teams intact. In so uh, that that's really a huge benefit. So proud to say we're still independent, proud to say that we run the show when it comes to beer and brewing. Very yeah, cool. you, uh, okay. yeah, just add a couple questions. Uh, firstly, uh, you know, talking about uh, doing new things, uh, talk, tell me a little bit about um, the, your Woodlands project that you have uh, right by where you guys are. And then uh, if somebody wants to come see you, of course, I've been there a couple of times, you know, I, I really enjoy your tap room. Uh, talk to us about your, uh, what the customer experience is like when you visit Sweetwater. All right, I'll take the uh, the Woodlands question. We so we built the Woodlands in 2016, you know, with kind of looking at uh, the single serve, you know, high end bottle market, you know, sours, and you know, we made you know made a, several sours and a nice uh, bourbon stout, but you know, it's really something that's meant to be small batch and you know, mostly kept on site or just in, the, in our local region. So it's never really been something that we thought would be a, a high volume for us. It's, it's kind of a more of an experience when you come here. Um, you know, you, I think a lot of people are surprised when they see it, you know, what, what the facility looks like. It's, it's beautiful over there. Over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we're making some great beers over there. It's just, you know, they're not, not going to be available and, you know, throughout our footprint, it's just kind of part of what it is. So you yeah. have to visit to try them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the story of, you know, most breweries around the country, right? There's 8,000 plus breweries and, you know, how many percent of those you guys probably know better than us are are actually in market. But, um, you know, we've got that here as an experience as Sweetwater. You know, we've been fortunate to grow enough to be able to, to set up something like the Woodlands, which is, you know, it's in the same footprint, same building on opposite ends. So you come into the tap room and you're going to have all the great sweet waters you want, all the new stuff that comes off our pilot brew, all the, all the great stuff that Mark is experimenting with. Um, it's a fun time, great music, great times, live bands, you know, great food. Um, but we do have the woodlands there, which is all the, all the brews that Mark, Mark is talking about. And then on the opposite end, there's a really different sort of scenario there. It's, it's bricks and mortar and, Leatherbound books and mahogany, all that type of stuff, and snifters. Um, yeah, it's not stuff we put to the masses. You got to come to Sweetwater and get for the most part. So, and it's you know you can you can come there, have a great beer, if you, you know, for happy hour, or uh, if you want to have a great event there, you can rent it out. You know, have a wedding, corporate party, um, frat party, whatever you want. So, I know you like frat parties, Matt. <laughs> It's been a long time. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Might have put the band back together, I may. That really does show your depth, though, as a brewery. Like the you talked about the sours, the different bourbon stouts you're doing, the different beers that you're that you have. It's it covers a wide range of styles in a very diverse beer world, and that's pretty impressive that you put the time and energy into that. And a big shout out to your team 
uh, whether it's packaging, brewing, everybody that makes that place run, that's not lost on us. And we see that and all the way to, to marketing and, and getting things out the door. But you guys have an incredible brand, uh, really quality beers. And I'm excited to taste this, uh, the Hazy 710 and maybe make a trip down and see what else is on the other side of the building uh, besides the brick and mortar and uh, tasting the snifters, you know. I love yeah. tasting with a May because he's an expert taster. So I always have trouble keeping up with him because he can identify compounds in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love, to, we'd love to have you. Yeah, well, I mean, doors always open. Matter of fact, I knew I was watching. It was almost 420. And now we, we're having such a good conversation. I blew past <laughs> the 28 minutes. But we have 420 Fest coming up next. Uh, actually, it's for, on April 29th through May 1st. So you guys want to make it in for that. That's the best way to experience Sweetwater. Three days you know, right in the middle of, uh, of Atlanta. We got, if you're a fan of fish, we've got uh, Trey Nastasio that is headlining. Oysterhead is banned. We got Snoop Dogg, you know, uh, Government Mule. Like it's, it's, if you want to experience everything there is to experience about Sweetwater and a, and a fantastic craft brewery, this is it. So we invite you guys in. On the flip side, here's a little secret for you, not so secret. We will be landing in the Pacific Northwest at the end of February. So we're launching Washington and Oregon next uh, couple of weeks. So uh, we're going to come see you live and, and you can get our beer up in the, in the Northwest corner of the country in, in just a couple of weeks for you guys. See, Brian was saving the ace till the end of the show and he puts it down blackjack. There's not a whole lot more to say. <laughs> marketing. <Yeah>. That's marketing. <laughs> That's very cool news for those in years. Washington. Washington, Oregon, and the, the PNW. That's pretty cool stuff. And, of course, getting down to see Snoop uh, with 420 and, uh, I mean, Fish as well. So very cool stuff happening. Uh, we'll put some more information on our website so people can check it out, have a link a link off of this show. And thank you guys for coming on. May, any more questions for our friends from Sweetwater? No, I think uh, everything that needed to be said has been said. One last thing to do is book the trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And since you're a mayor, uh, we would love a get out of jail, jail free card, please. <laughs> that was a past life. I do have a lot of friends in Atlanta, and I'm going to encourage them to, to get over there and check it out and uh, maybe try to make it down myself ahead of CBC, our craft brewer conference. But really appreciate you guys' time and insight. Uh, congrats on the release of the beer and these uh, the launch in California and then the upcoming uh, upcoming. Washington, Oregon, Oregon stops for Sweetwater. So if you're looking for some Sweetwater beer, if you can't get it on your Delta flight, which you should be able to. In fact, that's what most people say is, can I have a Sweetwater? They just sit down Sweetwater. Exactly. There you <laughs> that's go. how it works. So thanks for coming on today, guys, and uh, have a good rest of the night. Thanks so much, guys. A lot Cheers. of fun. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. That was a great, fun episode of May with our friends down south. Appreciate you setting that up. Pretty cool to learn about what's happening at Sweetwater. Yeah, for sure. And it's fantastic to see uh, breweries that have been around for so long innovating like they have. And it's always fun to talk to people that like to have fun. So uh, seeing folks that use our hot products, our innovative products in such novel ways is always fun. Yeah, changing the game. Plus their relationship with Delta. They got a lot of cool stuff happening. I bet you it's worth making a trip to either location, right? Oh, absolutely. Their customer experience is great. And I recommend anybody who's in the Atlanta area to go check them out. I appreciate you joining us on today's episode. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Haas Hopcast.